0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Therapy Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Well, I hope you guys are having an amazing day and that you are enjoying your week. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing something a little different. So we are in season six, and season six is coming to an end. So for the next month, we're going to be doing a countdown to season seven. And in our countdown, what we're going to do is we are going to be listening to some of their previous podcast episodes that can actually change your marriage now so this is all going to lead up to the yes you can episode which is beginning of season seven so i'm super excited for you to hear season seven because we're going to be doing a lot of new things now i know i say this every single time and each season gets better and better and better but for real we're going to be doing a lot of things i want to make this podcast more interactive I want it to be more interactive. So season seven is going to be our season of interaction and we are going to talk and we're going to do lives and whatever it is so that we can connect. And that is what we're going to do on season seven. So as we begin to lead up to season seven, we're going to talk about things you can do right now to actually change your marriage. And then on season seven, we're going to be interactive. You can ask me questions, etc. So that is what the plan is. I'm looking forward to it. And I absolutely cannot wait for season seven. So last week on the podcast, we talked about the four money love languages that you could be speaking to your spouse right now. So here are some takeaways from last week's episode. Now last week, we talked about the four financial love languages, which are saving, giving, investing, and spending. And we talked about how this was important because when it comes to money, I know we don't think about love languages because you think about love languages when we talk about you know, the five love languages. But you don't think about love languages when it comes to money. So to think that a person could feel loved or secure by money might be a spin on it, and a lot of people don't think about it, but we're going to talk about it because it's true. Now I'm going to be honest. I know for me my financial love language is savings. So when I have money saved in the bank and I have some security and I'm not worried about bills or if something comes up, you know, I feel secure knowing that, Even if we did have a rainy day and a car broke down or something happened, I have money to take care of that and more so I'm not broke. That is my love language. I like to feel secure and so for me, saving is the way to go. So in a conversation with me and my husband wanted to buy something, it would probably work out better if he's like, hey, I think we should invest, we should get this, I want us to buy this, hey, let's save for it because then that is what I hear. Let's save for it. And of course, I'm on board because it's about saving and knowing that we will be able to make the purchase and still pay our bills. Now, the next love language is giving. Now, people who like to give feel loved and appreciated when they're able to give. So these are like philanthropists and they like to give money and help with causes and do all kind of things. These might be the people you find who like to help out on GoFundMe pages and all these kind of things because they like to give and giving makes them feel loved and appreciated and secure in their finances. So if you were talking to someone who has giving as their financial love language and you wanted to do something, you will probably say, hey, let's give to this charitable event. Or let's buy this or let's save our money or invest our money here so that we'll have more money to give and they would hear you and be on board with whatever you're talking about when it comes to money because you would have money to give to someone else so that is number two number three now the third financial love language is investing so where are all my investors yes investing so people who like to invest like to know that they can put their money in something invest and make more money so if you wanted to purchase something and you and your spouse would kind of having maybe a disagreement about per- the purchase of something, you might want to say something like, especially if their love language is investing, you would probably say something like, well, let's invest in this conference so we can do this. So let's invest in this project or whatever it is you want to do. Let's invest in this so that we can do it and be able to make money off of what we're doing. They will hear it like that. So that is how you would talk to someone who is investing and who has investing as a love language. And finally, of course, there's the person who's going to have spending as their love language. So for that person who has spending for their love language, you may want to take into consideration that people who like to spend don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to be told how to spend their money and they don't like to be told when to spend their money. So you may have a little issue with that because you may want to save, they may want to spend, you might want to give and they may want to spend. So regardless of what your love language is, if you are married to a spender, they're going to want to spend. They might be a little rebellious. They're not going to listen, a little stubborn there. They're not going to listen to what you have to say. So here's how you deal with a person who's spending is their love language. Don't try to stop them from spending. Don't tell them they can't spend. So instead, your vocabulary or the way you approach them should probably be something like this. Hey, I've added up all the bills for this month, for this month. This is how much we have to spend. So don't focus on the bills or whatever. Just be like, okay, so we got that out of the way. I did the hard work. Now you can have the fun of spending what is left over and what we don't need. So giving them money to spend and be like, okay, so this is how much you have to spend. You're letting them spend, but you're not telling them how to spend. And you are still meeting their love language. So that's pretty much what we talked about in a nutshell If you guys want to learn more about financial love languages, feel free to listen to last week's episode and you will be able to see how this works in a marriage, how this helps with the conversation of money, and how it can just alleviate so many arguments when you know what type of financial love language your spouse is speaking. So if you are interested in listening to this, just click on the link in the show notes to listen to last week's episode of the podcast. Before we go into this week's topic, we are going to hear a word from one of our sponsors. Hello, this is Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell, and I would love to invite you to join my signature program called Improve Your Marriage While Improving Yourself. This is a year-long, intensive marriage coaching program that will help you improve your marriage and, in the process, improve yourself. In this course, you will discover who you are, what your expectations are for your marriage, and why you act and react the way you do in your marriage. These are just some of the things you will discover about yourself and your marriage during this program. So if you are struggling in your marriage and want to improve your marriage, then click the link below in the show notes to be a part of the Improve Your Marriage While Improving Yourself signature program. I can't wait to see you there. Today on the podcast, we are going to begin our season seven countdown by listening to a previous episode of the podcast that will show you ways that you can ask your spouse for what you need. There are a lot of things that I discuss in this episode that will help you and enable you to be able to ask for what you need in your marriage or in your relationship. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about how to ask for what you need in your relationship. Now for years, I thought I was an awesome communicator because I am a talker by nature. Like I will talk to people in the store, I will talk to people who are walking down the street. I just talk, it seems like I make friends wherever I go, I just talk and I love to talk. So because I absolutely love talking, And this is probably why it shouldn't be a surprise that I I enjoy podcasting, since it does give me an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is relationships and music, and, you know, I just love to talk. So since I love to talk to so much, I automatically thought that I was an effective communicator and that I could ask for what I needed and that people would understand what I needed and we'd be good to go. Well, boy, was I wrong. Um... I remember when I was engaged to my husband, and this is like the turning point where I figured out that I wasn't a great communicator and that I did not know how to ask for what I needed. So, during the time I was engaged to my husband, I was working at a daycare, and I was the lead teacher there for the infant room. And you know how it is. Like, when you work at a daycare, you have a set time that you're supposed to go to lunch. And usually... I would go to lunch at that specific time. So all my coworkers knew I was getting married, they knew I was engaged, and it was an exciting time. And so I wanted to have time on my lunch breaks to go and pick up things I needed to pick up for the wedding, to plan, to talk to the wedding coordinator. I just needed time to do all these things and I would do it on my lunch break. And I had a schedule so if I had to pick something up or look at flowers or meet with somebody, I would schedule that time specifically during my lunch breaks I could go do it get back to work and you know I wouldn't have to worry about doing it after work because I had things I was doing after work so I was getting all that together and this plan worked out for a while but then for some reason I started to go to lunch later they would come to relieve me like at 1230 or 1245 so I was missing appointments I was really getting frustrated because in my head I was like listen Everybody knows I'm getting married, so I don't understand why they are not giving me my lunch break on time, since I specifically told them what I plan to do during my lunch break. You know, I couldn't get it, so I was getting frustrated, I was getting annoyed, and then one day, I just finally went to my, the director of the daycare, and I was like, listen, I said, um, I need to go to lunch exactly at 12 o'clock, because first, that's my lunch time, and then secondly... I have things planned to do since I'm getting married and I scheduled these things specifically during lunchtime because that's my lunchtime and I know that's the time I go to lunch so I need so I can get these things done so I explained it to her and she said Kiana she's I'm sorry about having you get to lunch late and everything she said we've been having some issues with staffing but I'll make sure you get to lunch on time she said why didn't you just tell me I had no idea you were getting married and at that moment I was like what How could she not know? But then I thought about it. Like, I never talked to the director about it. I never told her specifically that I was getting married. Yeah, I told my coworkers because we were cool, we were close, but I never told her. So she had no idea what I was doing on my lunch break because I never talked to her about my plans. I had talked to my coworkers and people around me. And so because of that, she had no idea. Because if she had known, she would have made sure that I went to lunch on time instead of thinking, well, you know, I can I can wait maybe 15 minutes and then we could relieve her or trying to work it out. She would have known. And even if that was the case and I couldn't go to lunch until one, we could have had some kind of communication where I would have known this and then I could have rescheduled and made my plans around that time. But I didn't tell her. So that was when I realized I was not such a great communicator because I didn't communicate to her what I needed from her during my lunch break and that's when I realized that even though I talk a lot I didn't really communicate what needed to be communicated so that was one lesson um I also realized once I got married that I also was not a good communicator I would not I wasn't able to really communicate to my husband what I needed from him or what I wanted because I didn't know how to communicate it now of course we all did regular things we normally do will whine we will complain um will nag but for everyone who's been married for even if you've been married for six months and especially those of us who have been married longer you know this does not work so since whining doesn't work and nagging doesn't work how do you communicate to your spouse exactly what you need now i finally figured it out but i figured out like Years later, I'm not going to tell you how many years later I figured it out, but I finally figured it out. But it was years later that I figured out how to communicate my needs effectively to my husband. But it was years after nagging, years after whining, years after complaining. And it took a long time for me. And then when I was whining and complaining, I never got anything I needed, never got what I wanted. But when I learned how to ask for it, then I noticed that we were able to work in our relationship. And he was able to get what he needed. I was able to get what I needed. So that is why today we are going to talk about how to effectively ask for what you need from your spouse. Because I know you're thinking, I already know how to ask. I ask all the time. Do you ask all the time or do you whine about it? Do you nag or do you complain? So we're going to figure that out today because you may not be asking for what you need in your relationship. Listen. Many couples are comfortable telling each other, like, you never do this, or why are you always forgetting to do what I say to you? Or how can you be so insensitive? Or do you ever stop thinking about yourself? Now, they're not as comfortable slowing down and asking or even saying, it makes me feel much more relaxed when I have help with this or that. Or I really want to feel that you listen and understand. So unfortunately, many people automatically take a defense of Self protective stance in relation to the inevitable hurt that they experience with their partner. Now, I am not going to talk about anybody who does this. If you're doing this now, let me just say it's okay because I've done all of these things. That's why we're talking about it. I have been defensive and self protective stances, I've had them all down packed. Because I felt like I was being attacked. Or my husband's done the same when he felt like he was being attacked. And unfortunately, sometimes when we are asking for what we need, it's usually at a point where we are frustrated and angry and overwhelmed. And we're not really asking. We're just like, why won't you do this? How come you can't do that? And most of the time it comes out like that. So when things come across as someone is being attacked, then what do you do when you're being attacked? You protect yourself. So when you're being attacked, you protect yourself. So the whole thing is, it's better to win a battle than lose a war. So it's better to ask for what you need in a way that's not attacking someone, in a way that's not tearing someone down, and do it when you are not frustrated. Do it when you've had time to think about it and say, okay, well, they may not understand. I find that, that sometimes we don't give our spouse the benefit of the doubt. It's always, oh, they know better. They should do this. Or, oh, they, they really wanted to hurt my feelings. Or they did this on purpose. Or they did that on purpose. But we never give them the benefit of the doubt. We never say, oh, well, maybe they just didn't understand what I was asking for. Maybe I could rephrase it differently. Maybe they were just busy and didn't hear what I was saying. Or maybe they had a lot on their mind. We never, ever give our spouse the benefit of the doubt. And I feel that it's so Important to give your spouse the benefit of the doubt because it doesn't always mean that they're not listening and that they don't care It could be that they just have a lot going on and that they're having a hard time focusing on what you need them to do So while many partners tend to be combative, please guys, don't do that. It's not a good way to go. I've done it some people also take the approach of being um, passive-aggressive I know some people have taken passive-aggressive stances in their relationships Let me just tell you, it did not work out. And in fact, it actually backfired because being passive-aggressive is not getting anybody what they want. You're not getting what you want. Your spouse or partner is not getting what they want. Being passive-aggressive to me is just like pouting. It's almost like, well, if you're not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. And it's like being a kid and like pouting. And we are too old to be pouting or anything. The goal is to... Resolve our issues in a way where both sides feel like they've been heard. Where both sides feel like they won in this agreement that you've come... In this compromise that you guys have come to. So being um, passive aggressive does not help at all. Shutting down doesn't help. Because when you shut down, all you're doing is not allowing that person to get to you. And I know some people shut down for many reasons. They just can't deal with the stress or the anxiety. Or... All of the intense emotions that come with sometimes talking about your feelings and asking for what you need. However, when you do shut down, you tend to never get to a resolution because every time you talk about it, you shut down. So that's not good. It's not good to argue about things when you're trying to talk about what you need because the goal is to get your needs met. The goal is not to start an argument. Or start a war with your partner. So that will never work. So, what will work? Because all the things I talked about are things that are not going to work. So, what can you do to make sure that you are able to communicate with your spouse in an effective way and still get your needs met without having an argument? Because, as we mentioned earlier, sometimes when we're trying to get our needs met, it can turn into an argument because we're talking about something that's uncomfortable. We are actually talking about something that we need from our spouse and that they're not doing. So this always has a tendency to make your spouse feel attacked. And a lot of times when you feel attacked, you react in a certain way. So the goal is not to have them feel attacked. So you kind of have to disarm them. And you disarm them by saying something like, you know, I've been feeling stressed out lately. I haven't been doing this, whatever, I'm overwhelmed. I would really appreciate if you could help me with, and then you can go on. Like be honest with them. Sometimes we don't tell our true feelings. It's always like attack mode, but we never give our true feelings and tell people how we honestly feel. So if you are honest with your spouse and you let them know that you're feeling overwhelmed and that everything is happening or, you know, however you're feeling, um, let them know how you're feeling and then say, it would really help me if you could help me with this, or I would really feel a lot better if you'd be able to help me with this. I feel less stressed. If you can help me with this, I'd appreciate it if you would help me with this, that, or whatever it is that you're needing from them. And by doing this, you're not starting an argument, you're not pointing out what they're not doing, you're just asking them for what you need. So they're not being attacked at all. This has nothing to do with them, but it has everything to do with you talking about your feelings and asking them to help you with what you need help with. Another thing that you can do is stay vulnerable. So many times we are so busy putting up walls and we're doing things, we're not honest and we're not vulnerable. It's so hard for many people to say what they want to say out loud or even admit it to themselves. It is, I know that there was a time when there were things that I wanted to do in life, you know? And for some reason I couldn't say what I wanted to do out loud. I would think about it all the time, I would write it down, but I would never tell people what I wanted to do out loud. I would never even dream to tell people or say it out loud and why was that because I was afraid they would say yeah that's not gonna work that's ridiculous that's a silly idea that's not gonna happen and you know so for fear of rejection or people rejecting my ideas I wouldn't really tell people what I wanted to do and I would just work on it myself but eventually I came to the conclusion that it doesn't really matter what they think It matters how I feel and what I plan to do. And I think sometimes we need to look at that like that in our relationship. Sometimes we're afraid to talk to our spouse because we're afraid they're going to laugh at us or we're afraid that they may reject what we have to say. I don't know. Maybe there have been instances in your relationship where your spouse has displayed this type of behavior or your partner has displayed this type of behavior, so you just feel like you can't come to them with anything. But for the most part, if you are vulnerable and you allow yourself to be vulnerable with your spouse, Or with your partner then you are going to be able to talk to them and remember you can't come at them like they owe you this or they owe you that because then you're gonna be blaming them so if you just stay vulnerable tell them how you're actually feeling tell them why you need their help and how important it is for you to have their help and how important you are to them and how you need their support then they are more inclined to do what you need And to help you because they feel that you love them they feel that they're needed they feel appreciated and so they're going to try to do what you need done and this works better than going at them with demanding that they do something or insisting or nagging or complaining or whining no talk to them be vulnerable let them know that you need their help you absolutely need their help but when you ask for the help you shouldn't feel a need to like overly explain or apologize for what you're saying You shouldn't have to feel guilty or ashamed to simply just state what you want. You should try to remain open and honest without getting sidetracked. And a sidetrack is something that can happen because I know sometimes when I'm trying to have a conversation or I'm talking, instead of focusing on what we're discussing in that moment or at that time, I sometimes have a tendency to talk about things that happened a day ago, a month ago, a year ago. And every time you start going back, to what happened in the past and what the result was in the past you are taking steps back from getting what you need because you're going backwards in the past instead of coming forward and dealing with what is happening in that moment so another thing to remember is stay in the present talk about what you need help with now not talk about how they didn't help you in the past or what happened then talk about now And talk about what they can do to help you now because if you're open and you talk about what they can do to help you now they'll also have a direction of where they're going and they'll know what you want them to do listen sometimes when we ask people for help we're not as open as we could be and sometimes people have a hard time understanding what we're saying like I know for instance sometimes I have a tendency to my problem is sometimes I'm just too direct so I'm like the overly direct person who just tell you and be like, hey, I said it, whatever. And that's sometimes how I am. My husband, on the other hand, sometimes have a tendency to beat around the bush, and you're just like, I don't know, I'm confused, what are you saying? But we all, but after a while, you know, it's like if you talk about things, and you don't beat around the bush, and... Or if you talk about things and you're not so direct and overbearing and demanding, then you can come to a conclusion. And it's good to know what your style of communication is because once you know what it is, you'll see whether it's working or not. And if you see that it's not working, then you will know that you need to change it. And I think sometimes it's cool and it's awesome and it's great. For us to realize and recognize that we don't know how to deal with these situations. Or we don't know how to have these conversations. Because once we realize we don't know how to have these conversations. We can work on having these conversations. And improving our communication skills when it comes to having these conversations. So it's important to remain open. If it's important to stay vulnerable. And to avoid um, being indirect. Avoid being over direct. Avoid going around a bush, but just clearly state openly and honestly what you need, how they're, how them helping you is appreciated and how much you love them and how much them helping you is valued. So let them know these things. Another thing you have to remember is not to victimize yourself. Don't use language that makes it seem like you're the victim and they're the bad person. So when asking for help, it's important not to use victimizing language because when you do this, you make the other person feel bad and it's kind of like guilting them into helping you because you're making it sound like you're a victim and they never do anything to help you and your life is miserable and your life is hard because they're not doing their part, which may not always be the case. So don't make it seem like you're the victim. Don't make it seem like you're throwing a tantrum like a child because you're not getting your way. You have to... Be honest and express what you need. When you're expressing what you need, then you have to avoid you statements. So for example, you can't say, you did this and this is why I need help. Or you won't pick the kids up from school and I have to rush and do this and I have to rush and do that. And it would just better be so much better if you did what you're supposed to do, then I wouldn't be so stressed. So you statements are statements that attack. So when you're working on asking for your needs, avoid you statements. Now, sometimes people go into saying things like, you did this and you won't do this, instead of talking about what you need. So when you're talking about what you need, you say, I, I need this. I need help. I need you to do this. It helps me in this way. It's about you. So you say, I, when you change it to you're not doing this, and you won't do that. Then that's attacking, and the person you're gonna you're talking to your husband, your wife, your partner, your significant other, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it may be, they are not gonna be listening because as soon as you hear the words "you're not doing this" or "you're" or the word "you," you know it's not gonna end up well. Especially when you're having a, a great talking with your spouse about something that they need. So when they throw you into it, then it seems confrontational. And you're gonna get defensive and you're gonna have a protective stance if you hear something like well I need your help then you're more inclined to help because you're like oh they need my help with something and so if you know that is how you would feel then that's definitely how your spouse feels so it's important to say I statements and avoid you statements and remember I statements say I feel this way I need you to listen I want help I want to, you know, I feel this way when you listen. I statements talk about you and it clearly expresses your needs. You statements kind of are accusatory. You statements make people become defensive because they're kind of telling people and jumping on them and pretty much telling them what they're not doing. And so that is why it's important to avoid you statements and always use I statements. And another thing that is important is to remember, When you're asking for help, you're asking for help because you really need their support. It's not because they don't do what they're supposed to do or you have to reframe why you're asking for help. Now, you may be asking for help because you feel like you're not getting the support you need from your spouse, but you know what? Your spouse is not a mind reader, and I know, I know they should be able to look at us and figure out what we need, but that's not always the case, so we have to tell them what we need, and if they haven't figured out what we need from them, it's not because they're a jerk. It's not because they're being dismissive. It may not even be because they're insensitive. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe they don't have a clue that we need help. I remember there was a time I was in the kitchen. I was cleaning. The kids needed help with a whole bunch of things. And I was just doing all this stuff for myself. And I was getting frustrated. Like, I don't know why no one's helping me. It's all me. I'm always doing this, always doing that. No one's helping me. And then it dawned on me. Like, Kiana, you never asked anyone to help. So then I asked my daughters. I was like, hey... I need you to help me with this, and I need you to help me with that. And then I asked my husband to do something, you know, and everyone pitched in. Everyone helped. So it wasn't that my family was just not pulling their weight and not doing their part. They just honestly didn't know that I needed help. And once they found out I needed help, they all pitched in and they helped. So I'm sure that there have been times in your life and in your marriage where we kind of assume that people can see. Especially if it looks like we're busy or we seem like we're rushed for time, or pressed for time, and we're busy. Sometimes we do think that, oh, people should notice that. And just because you may notice when someone needs help doesn't mean that everyone's going to notice when you need help. So that's why it's important to ask. And it's important to remember that if people don't notice that you need help, if they don't pick up the signs or see the cues that you need help, it doesn't make them any less of a person. It doesn't make them any more insensitive. It doesn't make them any... Um, It doesn't make them them a bad person. That's what I'm trying to say. Because they don't notice these things. Some people have a hard time picking up cues. People are not going to notice these things. But that is why it's important for you to know how to ask for what you need. So when asking for what you need, remember, use I statements. Don't use you statements. When asking for what you need, Be open, be vulnerable, express what you really need. Talk about how this helps you, that they're helping you, and let them know that they are being appreciated. When you do this, I promise you that you will see some type of result. Now, the majority of the results you will see will probably be positive because people like to know that they are needed. People like to know that they're appreciated. And when you ask for help, you're giving your spouse or your partner the opportunity to help you and you're giving them the opportunity to know that you appreciate them and that you need them so just remember that so this week when you're going through whatever it is you're going through remember when you need help be effective ask for what you need and just go over the steps and there really wasn't a lot today remember to be open be vulnerable remember to say i statements and not you statement so go ahead give it a try you will be surprised by what asking for what you need in your relationship can do to improve the quality of your relationship as well as improve the quality of your life. The song we are going to listen to today is called Trapped. And it's about a woman who is feeling trapped in her relationship and she's unable to communicate what she really needs in her relationship. So here is the song, Trapped. Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today. I absolutely love hanging out with you each week and it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you will leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. Because I am so thankful to you guys, I am going to be giving away a free gift. I understand that being married can be difficult and stressful at times, so if you are looking for a way to stop arguing and resolve issues in your marriage, then click the link below in the show notes to download your free PDF about how to solve problems in your marriage. If you would like to contact me, feel free to contact me on social media by clicking the links in the show notes and I promise you that I will respond to your message.